Yo, good morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For this morning, it is part two of a two-parter on Nova Fitness. Uh, last week, we talked to Matt. This week, we have Lauren Henry, uh, who is a, I guess, just a, she, she works at Nova Fitness in a part-time capacity, but also really just a, a worker-outer. And uh, we'll talk a lot. This podcast gets deep. Talk therapy. We talk leadership. We talk professional and personal strengths and weaknesses. I'm sorry. What did we call them? Opportunities. Next week, I am very excited because next week we have TikTok influencer Emily King, who uh, came out to my cooking class actually this week, Thursday. We recorded a nice little interview, and yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, I hope you like that. She's got over, she's got almost two and a half million followers on TikTok, and she does it giving re- uh, relationship advice. And she's from Webster, and I remember the first time I ever clicked on her profile, I I clicked. I was like, oh, this girl's cool. You know, and I click and it says Webster, New York. And I go, holy shit. And then every once in a while she would post videos or something at lunch and I would recognize or brunch or something. I would recognize it'd be like Laura's Cafe. And I'd be like, oh, my God, she's like, I know that place, you know. Um, But anyway, she's got to be one of the more influential content creators in Rochester. There's some, you know, the first, I think, content creators in Rochester were the... um, were the foodies, you know, the Sriracha Says, who, by the way, moved. You know, Sriracha Says moved down south. I think she's in Nashville now. But uh, her and Sip and Savor and Rock Foodies, and that was really like the first wave of content creators. Call them influencers, but they don't like that. Uh, and But then there's a, a, a few other ones, too. There's um, Story of Our Life. And I'm trying to remember. I think I have her. Hold on a second real quick. Do I have her? What is her name? Story of this life, Esther. That's right. Story of this life, Esther, who's got millions of followers. And then this girl's got to be right up there. I know Chaz Bruce is a big TikToker, too, who's got a lot of followers. But Emily, with her two and a half million followers, got to be one of the more popular Rochester content creators. So anyway, but that's next week. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's not bury the lead here. And that is part two of the two-part Nova Fitness podcast. Please enjoy my time in my backyard, sipping a beer and hanging out with my friend, Lauren Henry. Actually, no, sitting, we're recording, by the way, sitting this far away from you actually feels like how I was doing this podcast, like early pandemic, because remember social distancing? Kinda. I used to sit literally here in my backyard and people would come over to do the podcast and they would sit even further away than you and I are right now. I mean, honestly, I feel like on a hot day like today, that's the ideal positioning, like back away. 
I don't know like what what the weather is going to be like when this comes out. This won't come out too far from now, so it'll still be summer. But like, it's fucking hot today. <laughs> this is one of those ninety three degree days. <sighs> I appreciate yeah. spending this time with you though, because I feel like people act like I overreact when I am complaining about the heat. And they get all defensive, and they say, "Well, at least it isn't snow." And I said, "Give me snow, give me snow right now." Will you take some? Do you like winter over summer? Rank the seasons. Go ahead. I mean, I'm a basic bitch, so fall is number one. You know what though? Basic bitch sitting right next to you. I'm a fall guy myself. Um, I will take late September, early October. That's my time. Yeah. I like early fall. I'm an early fall guy. Yeah. I mean, I would love spring if we ever had it anymore, but we skip it. Right. So. I mean, winter, it's not the cold that bothers me. It's the driving in the snow because I got a tiny little car and I drive like an asshole. It's the dark early, too. I'm, I'm not a fan of the 4.30 dark. That yeah. Sucks. But I also, these like late sunsets, I'm like, I want to go to bed at 8.30 sometimes and I feel guilty. Yeah. Well, back in the radio days when I was going to bed at literally 6.30, 7 p.m., did you just spill beer on yourself? I did. <laughs> I did. To be fair, you to gave me a generous pour. I did. I filled it all the way up. What are you drinking again? You're drinking watermelon ghost. Ghost? Is it ghost? Yeah. Was this a Goosh. K2 one? Uh, that one is Young Lion. Young Lion. I'm drinking K2 Ruby Red. You're drinking watermelon. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in the spirit of RIP Park Ave Fest, to be drinking at, you know, 130 is a yeah. good idea. Yeah. That, that's right. Actually, that's why we're sitting here, you know. This weekend has always been Park Ave Fest weekend, and for the last eight years for me, that's meant sauce and slinging sauce and sauce tent. And with no Park Ave weekend, I just didn't schedule anything. The only, the next biggest thing going on this weekend, I think, is Speedy Fest. That you know, like the Speedy sauce, like the chicken Speedies. Yeah. Wherever the origin of that is, some other city in New York has a big festival this weekend. Yeah. That's it. I've heard there's a sauerkraut festival yep. this weekend. There's really a festival for everything, and I love festivals, but I draw the line at. The specificity yeah. of a Listen, sauerkraut festival. By the festival. way, the fart sound in the background. It's Polly. Is because <laughs> my, my across the street neighbor asked me, what time is your podcast? And I said, uh, 1.30. And he goes, good, I'm going to start doing my brick stairs right at the exact moment you decide to do a podcast. Okay, in his defense, it was supposed to be 1 and it's one fifty two, So true. we would have been wrapping up, true. but we both, uh, you know, managing time on a lazy Saturday is So is how difficult. do we know each other? So, um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, I worked there for a hot minute in pandemic times um, as a temp gig, and you were a board member. You were... You were in my list of favorite board members. The rest of them know who they are. Do you still have 53 jobs? I have three. What are your jobs? Uh, So, I work full-time at Pinnacle Hill Chiropractic. What, what? Um, I was a... Monday through Friday gig. I mean... (laughs) Sometimes a Saturday and Sunday here. Speaking of events, I do work the events that we do. Yeah. And sometimes, um, you know, I, I'm i fortunate enough that I have a flexible work-from-home life. So if there's a nice Tuesday afternoon and my mom wants to come out and visit, I might work on Saturday to make up for it. Um, and that's awesome. They give you that flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a patient there for five years and became friends with uh, Mike and Sarah, who own it. Because we all went to the same gym, and uh, when things were wrapping up at Big Brothers Big Sisters, uh, they were looking for someone part time, and within six months, I was at full time, you know, doing odds and ends in the office. It seems like you are 
phenomenal at almost anything you try to do. That's what I remember about you from Big Brothers Big Sisters was, you know, feeling as though you were just so organized and like detail oriented and task oriented and you were just going to get shit done essentially. You were just going to get shit done. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's an official job title, but you were just the person who was going to get shit done. And I was like, oh, yes, yes, I love this. Yeah, I am. Um, so I switched, I guess, essentially switched careers multiple times in the pandemic. I mean, I worked retail for 20 years, and I can pretty much run that shit with my eyes closed and one hand tied behind my back, which was a great feeling most of the time. But What did you sell? What did you do? Um, I worked a little bit of everywhere, mostly clothing um i did dabble in some luxury like handbags and jewelry i mean retail's retail you can usually sell one thing and then you can sell anything were you a salesperson or like a manager or you've done it all i mean, you've done it all. did it all i started at 16 as a part-time associate and i was a manager by the time i was 18 um and yeah did that for quite a long time managing people which is kind of carried over a little bit into the job I'm doing now at Pinnacle um but yeah retail's that job that I think everyone should work that in food service because yes. you learn how to multitask even though you know technically you can't multitask but you can maybe handle multiple things being thrown at you at once and prioritize and delegate you and soft skills too, dealing with the public right you develop like the ability to just know what type of person you're dealing with what this conversation needs to go like in order to come to a good conclusion uh, or a good resolution like you just you have to you're so right that everyone should do it it's the same thing as be a server which is almost the same thing it's like you at some point need to have a job where you directly face the public I think in order to be a well-rounded human now, to be fair, I did Too not bad. obtain any soft skills until about four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I worked at places that had a lot of people employed just like me. The managers in charge of hiring didn't really grasp the concept of a well-rounded staff. I mean, don't get me wrong. We were high-functioning and we, um, you know, got shit done and we were well-oiled machine, but we didn't really represent every person in our customer base or anything like that so it was a hard slap in the face um when i started working for a company i worked for alex anani which is I know. very touchy-feely emotion symbolism and i thought i could just go in there and like run that shit like usual and after two weeks i was feeling so good and my boss was like so the staff is really struggling to like you oh my god so we kind of sat down and figured out, you know, we all took this strengths finder thing, which, you know, if Dr. Sarah listens to that, she's going to be like, yes, because I made everyone at Pinnacle take it and got to know what everyone was good at. Um, so we could kind of balance each other out. And that diffused a lot of, you know, issues. But God, then I fell just now. I just want to say I'm, I'm like adjusting where my chair is and I just almost went down. You didn't even see that. <laughs> Instead of it being Oxford tangled in a bush this week, it was going to be you. Oh, Polly's tangled divot. in a bush. You see the divot? There's a divot. I, I almost went down in the divot. <laughs> that would have been a good moment. <laughs> that have been for the blooper reel. I'm sorry. For the blooper on, reel. You're good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm someone that like when I go into a new job and I'm sure, you know, you weren't with me 24-7 at Big Brothers Big Sisters, but like in the beginning, I'm like... Let me do everything I need to do for a couple of weeks to learn everything I need to learn. And then I can, like, start being a human 
and sharing and like wanting to learn about my coworkers. It takes a while. The running joke at Ulta, which is one of my other jobs, is that it takes me about six months to learn someone's name. Um, Cause I just go in there and put my head down and uh, you know, well, do what needs in. to be done. Let's dive into this. Okay. Let's dive in deeper. Oh gosh, so therapy. You have, obviously you have some very good strengths, but it sounds like you also have some we, we're not allowed to call them weaknesses anymore. Opportunities. Opportunities. That's right. Because they're not, not, I think for a while, they were always weaknesses our whole lives. Then they were non-strengths for a while. And now they're opportunities. That's right. So you have your strengths and your opportunities. So your strengths are that you're ballsy as shit, right? You're a get shit done type of person. You're not afraid of anything. You're going to walk right in there professionally. We'll get to personally later. But professionally, right? Those are all, it sounds like those are mm-hmm. strengths. But it sounds like there's opportunity to maybe soothe around the edges a little yeah so um (laughs) i gotta be careful because if i if i go too long this will turn into a podcast about strengths finder but i uh you know i'm i i like information and i like data because one of my strengths is analytical Mm -hmm. um so you know a a test that could kind of give me some insight and then start digging deeper i actually started therapy at the beginning of this year so we've been working on a lot of this stuff but talk so much about therapy uh, but um Empathy is a very, very large opportunity for me. Adaptability. Um, I can fake it really good by trying to be a control freak and figure out every worst possible scenario and be prepared for it. But Why do you like empathy? Because uh, I'm a fixer. I'm, I'm like, if you start venting to me about something, I jump right in about how we can fix it. It makes me really uncomfy yeah. to sit in someone else's emotions but but sometimes you know we, we I, I mean I first of all I, I should start this by telling you I'm with you some of the biggest fights I've been in with my wife are over exactly what you're saying she's venting to me mm-hmm. I start trying to tell her how to fix it and she starts essentially telling me or informing me that she's not looking for a solution she's just looking to vent and it doesn't click for me that you wouldn't want to solve it is, is that what you're saying yeah it's um I think to a degree I can listen to it for a little bit, but yeah, if it's going to come up more than once, I'm like, okay, if you're not going to do anything about it, I can't help you. And it's, you know, that's just not what they're looking for. We're sick together. You and I are sick together. (laughs) I don't want to hear you complain about it. I want to hear you know how to fix it. Listen, you're allowed to complain about it for a second while you're, but we're going to get to a solution. And if you're complaining about it for a second time, now it's just on you for not fixing it, right? Yeah. So I'm coming from on it. It's really tough. It's really tough. Um, Now I've learned so much about all this stuff and managing people and different people. I'm the person in my current role that's like hey how can we you know help this person be more of a human in our feedback and you know instead of just looking at statistics and numbers you know what's what's going on behind the scenes you know if you're struggling at work what's going on outside of work which is not the way we used to do things right I remember in retail the coaching was you know leave your troubles at the door when you come in here you've got to be ready to work you got to be ready to help the customers like no matter what and it just does not work in the long term and so what's the solve how do you if i'm going to vent to you right now about a problem i'm having how do you not try to fix it for me how do you just be a friend and say that really sucks I hear you. I hear what you're saying. That sucks because sometimes that is what people want. Mm-hmm. It's all they want. They don't want to fix it. Yeah. So I find it helpful, and I'm not perfect at this. Is you know, ask the question, and sometimes I even you know I turn everything into a joke, which is another opportunity of mine. But um, 
you know, I might say, you know, what Lauren do you want? Do you want supportive Lauren? Do you want fixer Lauren? Do you want, you know, gossip, like whatever. Um, and I, I don't do that with enough people and consistently enough, but it really is helpful because then I don't get frustrated and they don't get frustrated. Yeah. Um, because you know fixer lauren is the the innate thing you know i had a situation recently where you know uh someone at work was venting and it was just driving me crazy and i brought it up to my therapist and she's like it sounds like that person was having an emotional reaction and what's wrong with that why can't they have that and i was like well shit you're not wrong but at my job it's my job to you know do the operations the behind the scenes and make that person's job easier Mm So that's automatically what I jumped into. But that's like the blurred lines when you work for your friends, right? Yes. Which I do at both of my jobs. So, you know, it's a learning process. That's rough because you're, you're, you are hearing a friend, but you also have a job to do. And, your jo- and you're hearing venting about something. And you're realizing one of two things. Either they're right. Either they're venting about something that is, they're correct about, could be better. And so now, you know, business Lauren is clicking in. Mm-hmm. Or they're wrong, and you're going, oh, this person's a problem because they're not doing this thing. They're not seeing the vision here. Mm-hmm. One of those two things could be, how do you block both of them out and just be the friend? Ugh, I'm not good at it. Yeah, I found that um, my goal is, and what I think going forward is going to be good, is trying to schedule in some friend time outside of the office. Yeah. And where you don't talk about work, which is the hardest thing. Yeah. It's really easy to slip into that when it's someone that you work with. And most of my good friends are people that used to work for me or worked with me. And we still, even to this day, are like, remember that? You know, retail's like trauma bonding. (laughs) You know, you got a lot of stories and a lot of things. So it is. It's Work takes up so much of your life that it's really hard to not continue to talk about it once you've left it. Especially, you know, now life's, you know, resumed, but... A year ago, two years ago, that's all we had to talk about was work is really all we had going on. So, it you know, it can be hard. People would say, they'd go, oh, it's just, it's just business. You can't take it personal. What, what are you talking about? Like, that's, it's literally like half my life, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I've, yeah, my personal <coughs> life is half my life. I've got a wife, I've got a son, a home, you know, a life. And that's half my life. Polly, I know your work schedule. It's more than half your life. <laughs> <laughs> but right. But, but the other half, though, is work. And, and uh, I'm supposed to just like, not take that person i don't mm-hmm. that's that's who i am it's part of who i am and yeah we are both workaholics uh, I've, oh, so never i feel liked you that either i feel you mm, pa- passionate about our work yeah 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 i i don't know that so that's what i originally went to therapy for was addiction i'm addicted to something what am i addicted to and my original thought was well it must be food i must be addicted to food because that's but it turns out or at least what we're in the kind of in the process of figuring out for me and my therapy is there is an addiction somewhere but the addiction might not actually be food food might actually be the coping the the way that i'm coping with the stress that's coming from feeding the actual addiction which is like growing a business and um it started with the sauce business which spent a few years dedicating every second of my life to and then that that plateaued a little and it was and it was fine you know, I was making a little bit of money. I was living a happy life. It was all good. But I was itching. I was itching again. And then, and now I've got Craft Cannery. And that's, and we're growing. It's great. I'm feeding the addiction every day of being there and growing this business, right? What happens if that at some point plateaus? Am I going to 
again feel another itch and have to move on yet again and and find another thing to grow i mean right now it's feeding the addiction but i worry about what would happen if eventually i need to find the next thing so it's like people who sell their businesses one day maybe we sell that business one day i don't know what's going to happen maybe we do never i don't care i don't care if if it was a lottery amount of money if it was like oh my god did you hear i don't think it exists where i just go i'm done i'm good one of those people i don't know where's our sickness you remind me of me you know i definitely i grew up with i mean my mother's still a hustler to this day she has multiple jobs what did she do same thing (laughs) the running joke is no one knows what my mother does for work (laughs) she's got one of those job titles that individually each word makes sense but together you're like i don't know what that's about (laughs) but is is i mean she started working um she used to work for agway for 25 years and then she started working for pitney bows running like working in a mailroom at a liberty mutual and just like worked her way up that company's now been sold off a couple times, but she still works there. But yeah, all I know is when my mom shows up at your work site, something's not good. She's there to fire someone or hire someone or assess and audit something. So um, yeah, I always joked. I'm like, I want that job. People fear me when I walk yeah, in the door, yeah. which is you know not true anymore. But what, what did you, what did she do growing up? Same, same thing, just always kind of hustling. She doing, worked. Or was it always angry? Yeah, she had a job at a young age. So did I. My first job, I was 15. I had two jobs from age 16. So yeah. I've always been like this. Um, I just like. I mean, I think the flip of you is my my workaholic tendencies are my coping mechanism. Mm because I need to be busy all the time. Like even today, you know, I said, oh, Polly, like this party I was going to go to is canceled. I immediately went into how am I going to fill my day? I can't have unplanned time off. What happens if you're free? What happens if you went home right now and you're just left with yourself? Um, I would probably think of all the things that I could do and then do absolutely none of them. (laughs) I would probably watch a lot of Law & Order, maybe a nap, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I haven't done that in a while, but um, I would also probably get really sad. Where's that come from? Uh, I don't. I'm an extrovert, like, to the max. Like, sometimes to a fault, where it can be exhausting. Like, when I got here and I was telling you guys, you know, I had this all this week. I have, uh, I just looked at my August calendar month at a glance, and I was like, this is going to kill me. And had to figure out some things I want to say no to, because I'll say yes to everything that I want to do. I don't feel obligated to do things that I'm, I'm, is not a hell yes. Um, but there's a lot of hell yeses is the problem because I just love being around people and I love being busy and I love an excuse to get dressed up and do my makeup and do you all that stuff. you gain energy? Oh, absolutely. And, I am so charged from it. get drained of energy being alone that drains your energy? Oh, yeah. I will. I always say uh, a Lauren in motion stays in motion and a Lauren at rest stays at rest. And it, you know, I live alone, which granted I have two hilarious cats that I live with, but you know, I do live alone. Um, and it's been that way for about 12 years now, which granted when I live with something, someone, you know, that annoyed me for a different reason, but yeah, I don't, I don't like being alone. Um, see, I, I actually am the opposite in that yeah. way. I, I'm an introvert. And so I would like, uh, uh I know you laugh when you hear that. <laughs> But here's how I define it, though. I gain energy mm-hmm. from being alone. Mm-hmm. I drain energy from being around other people. And although I am constantly around other people, it is draining my energy. And the energy will not come back until I have alone time. 
Yeah. That's that. Yeah, I yeah, I'm definitely the opposite. So yeah, I mean it started I probably first noticed it when I um was in a relationship where things were going south, so I would just stay at work uh-huh. and not go home. And I feel like that's when I really realized what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think I'm getting better at not overworking, but I'm still filling my time with other things. But yeah, unplanned time off drives me insane especially if i already had something planned like yeah. plans going wrong you are the opposite of so many people you know yeah people get excited when their plans get canceled? i know <laughs> i um i've only thankfully ever had one panic attack and it was when like my week got derailed out of my control and like it just caused like an in the car meltdown and i didn't realize that's what it was until a couple of years later um but yeah, it kind of there's a lot go- a lot to unpack there, as my therapist would say. How's therapy going? You, you had you gone before? You just started. This no, year? this is something I've thought about doing for a long time. I have a really hard time spending money on myself. That is a thing I also get from my mother. Um, so in 2022, you know, once I secured you know a full time job again, because I didn't, I probably went about three years without a steady full time job, where I was just working a little bit of everything. You know, I did. Um, you know, food and I worked for Rootstock and I yeah. would do demos and I'd go to Wegmans. I four. think my max was six. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, doing my taxes that year was a doozy. But, um, you know, I said, okay, I'm finally like secure with a full-time job. I have health insurance now. You know, I really don't have anything holding me back from doing this thing that I've known I've wanted to do and needed to do for a long time. Um, it was luckily a one and done. You know, I, I picked one person. I did a couple, like, screenings, and I went with her, and I've stuck with her since. How was What was your first session like? Isn't that funny, the first session? It was mentally exhausting. Like, I like to talk about – a lot of people like to talk about themselves, so I can't say it like it's truly a bad thing. Yeah. But I'm a sharer. I'm, I'm a connector. I like to talk about me. Honestly, I was like, can you talk about you some? That would be great. <laughs> um, so I just got in my car and, like – crumpled into a ball and was like my god even as someone that likes to talk and talk about themselves that was a lot all at once because it was just you know high level overview and it probably took maybe three or four sessions till we got into anything like in depth so my first thought was like how do I know it's working like I asked my friends that have been in therapy for years I'm like how do you know at what point like how many appointments do I give it before I'm like okay this is doing something for me and I told my therapist that too um but yeah, so it's been going well. I mean, I think I started in February mm-hmm. and it's August now. So that's a considerable amount of time. I've gone from going weekly to every other week. Same. same. And would like to eventually just go monthly. Um, I had a, th- a, you said, you know, sometimes you wish your therapist would just talk about them. This one time, for whatever reason, my therapist spent like half the session talking about herself. Just one random week. And, and it was just the type of thing. I must have hit a nerve with her on something. And she just told me all these stories. And at the end, she was, I'm so sorry. I realized I talked, you know, I, I talked a lot about my, and I remember telling her, I go, no, no, thank you. I feel like I got a week <laughs> off here. This was great. I feel like we didn't have to do any of my shit. This was fantastic, you know. Do you go in knowing what you want to talk about? I swear to you, I find out what I'm going to, what I want to talk about in the first, like, 60 to 90 seconds because we will start and I will just start talking and what comes out seems to be the thing every time I don't think I miss a lot 
maybe I've missed once or twice where that wasn't the biggest thing weighing on me. But for the most part, the thing that just starts coming out is the thing that's weighing on me the most at that time. One thing that I've kind of discovered that sucks is that it's always just so different. Like every couple weeks when I go in there, I just start down some road that, and there's been so many times where she goes like, well, this is new, you know, and it's, and I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you. You could catch me at 8 a.m. And if I had a therapy session at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 4 p.m., they'd be four different sessions because it's just where I am emotionally <laughs> in that exact moment that I happen to sit down and we start talking. Interesting. So I, of course, I had my, you know, screening with her and we asked each other questions and she's like, what do you want to work on? I was like, so I have seven bullet points here. <laughs> and I, and she's like, so um, I'm like, you need to be able to work with a type A person. And I oftentimes go in, I'd say about 50% of the time I go in with a plan, like something happened. Here's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the longer I go, the more often now I find I don't have a specific thing to talk about. But like you said, it'll eventually come out pretty quickly. Um, I think about six months in, I went, okay, that thing I said I never wanted to talk about, I'm ready to talk about it. Like, I don't know if you had anything like that where you were like, I don't need to talk about this. This doesn't affect me. And then later you're like, just kidding. Probably. Yeah, probably. I don't know that it was such a profound moment like yours was where I went in thinking today's the day. Yeah. But I think that there's been some things where maybe in the moment I'll skate it a little and I'll be like, it's not that big of a thing though. We can just move on. And then I realized like, Oh, I was hiding. I was hiding something there. Yeah. I literally was like, we're never talking about my father just so you know. And then six months later I was like, so it's time. (laughs) Cause everything else we've been talking about, fun fact leads to that, you know, goes back to that. And she's like, okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been good. I've learned a lot. I'm sure some people in my life are sick of hearing me talk about it, but what's your wor- what is worst? I shouldn't use the word worst. What's your most and I don't want to use the buzzword and say toxic trait either, but like what's your thing that now when you're in it, you go, "Okay, hold on. <sighs> Let me access my tools. I'm going to deal with this better than I would have a year ago." Oh, that's a loaded one. I'm going to need a sip of beer <laughs> for that Chug. Chug, chug. You were supposed to be at a party Woo! on Park Ave anyway. You See? spilled beer on yourself for the second I time. I did. I got a little overzealous. Oh, my God. See, it's because it's not a red Solo cup. I would have been all set with that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, gosh. Um, I would say there's probably a couple. The one that comes to mind Hold right away. Right in the mic. I just, I know. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're good. When you do like, when you yeah, I'm not used to people not being able to hear me. It's okay. I don't know if you. I mean, I can hear you. I just have heard I'm mic. loud. Um, so I guess the first thing that jumps to mind is I'll like keep a lot of what's going on up in my head to myself, and uh, like even a couple weeks ago, my therapist was like, you know, you're awfully self-sufficient. You come in here and you start talking about something, and then you work it out in front of me before I even get a word in. And I said, you know, I kind of always felt like I had to be or wanted to be. I don't want to burden anyone with, you know, because everyone's got shit going on, right? That's part of why I wanted to go to therapy. You know, I've always been able to vent to my friends or, you know, I was in a sorority. So I always joke, I've got all these mini therapists I can vent to. But, you know, when it gets to the point where everyone's got their own shit going on, you don't want to unload on to people. So um, I kind of overcorrect 
and uh, we'll kind of like blow off like, oh, it's, you know, never mind. It's not a big deal or we don't need to talk about that or whatever um, and internalize it all, uh, which, you know, sometimes is fine and until it's not. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something uh, I also never used to be this way, but I find myself making myself uncomfortable in order to avoid making other people uncomfortable. So maybe oh, sure. I do that. Maybe I won't bring up this thing that they said that bothered me yeah. or something, you know, feedback I got from somebody else. Um, I, I've actually had times before where, you know, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in an intense thing with somebody and I could use their own words against them, but I don't want to because they're, I don't want to make them I would rather take on the vulnerability because mm-hmm. it's, it's just going to make them so uncomfortable. But I mean, in business happens all the time where somebody will like, um, like I'll give you, maybe I shouldn't talk about that. Fuck. We'll oh. cut it out. <laughs> Afterward, you tell me if you think this was too damaging. I don't know. If not, my business partner listens and he'll be like, you need to go back and cut that shit out. <laughs> uh, everyone knows about inflation. And price increases, right? It's been a very, very big thing in the food business right what? now. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are you a client of mine? <laughs> you go to the grocery store. You go to any restaurant you want. You will notice you are paying more than you ever have for food right now. Mm-hmm. It's not fake. It's really happening. There's food everywhere. I do business with a lot of restaurant owners. These restaurant owners are the most famous for trying to just or for just flat out not understanding why their price would need to go up. I could not fathom going to their restaurant, standing at the cash register, talking to the server and going, $16 for an omelet? I can only pay $14. I'm sorry. I can only pay $14. I'm the client here, right? I couldn't fucking fathom doing that to them, but they want to do it to me? Look how pissed off I get about it. Maybe I need to cut that out. I don't know. I think... uh yeah, it's a touchy subject. I mean, so I deal with that a little bit at, you know, Pinnacle. We haven't, we haven't, I think we increased our price of our massage a little bit once. Um, but, you know, most of the time it, it was nominal. A lot of people know, but it's the, uh, the cancellation fees that get to be um, a touchy subject. I think anything surrounding money right now is just super sensitive for people. I need, I mean, I know myself and I've been really open with everyone in my life about the money struggles. And I see this is me downplaying it. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm not struggling that much. I still have money in my savings and my 401ks, you know, whatever. But in the day to day, I'm feeling like I noticed my expenses were far outweighing the money that I was that I was making. You're like, why am I busting my ass? Yeah. And I got no money. Yeah. And the old Lauren would just pick up more hours at work. And I'm like, we're not doing that. We're just going to have to cut back and we're going to have to save. And it's really hard. You know, even if you go to, you know, a lower price grocery store or whatever, it's still, you know, my go-to is Aldi. It's still getting expensive. So you know, I've never been in an Aldi to this day. I've literally never stepped foot in You've never Aldi. been down the Aldi aisle of Can shame? I tell you why? It's because I have a, I have a traumatic childhood memory of Aldi's. <laughs> what? Well, I'll tell you exactly. In my home county ashtabula county ohio they build an aldi's in ashtabula when i was a kid and for probably over a year there were picketers outside people on strike because apparently either they used union or they didn't use union workers one or the other someone didn't like it and whoever whichever they didn't use you know organized a strike and stood outside that grocery store for a year with signs saying 
all the worst things in the world about Aldi's. And in my head, it's just always been like, it worked. Like, that strike worked on me. I just, I still have memories of people striking outside that damn Aldi's. You should talk about that in therapy next time. I'm like, I can't walk into an Aldi's. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I have never stepped foot in an Aldi's in my entire life. Isn't that weird? That's, so, I could talk about Aldi all day, but we won't do that. Um, But yeah, I, I, that's, honestly, I was like, I might need to start going to, like, Price Right. Or, like. You know, and I go to the public market. So, you know, I think anything involving money is very touchy for people. And they start to say things that you're like, are you out of your ever living gourd? Yeah. You know, I, I loved working in retail for 20 years. I, I loved because you get to, you know, it's everything I love. You meet new people every day. You get to schmooze. I loved merchandising and organizing. There's all these things I liked about it. But now I do it just once a week and I'm there before the store opens. But if I'm ever there past the store opening and I hear someone making a fuss over like this, that and the other thing, I'm like, seriously, you know, it's really hard, but it's it's happening everywhere. I feel like everyone's like one tiny inconvenience away from snapping at all hours of the day, which is part of why, you know, we're all we are actually. So I have to right. I have to empathize with with my client in that situation because they're feeling that they Mm -hmm. are feeling that they're saying oh my god you're the 50th person to come to me with a price increase Mm -hmm. this week right and so i have to i think do a better job of empathizing and and, and understanding but at the end of the day there's nothing to be done about it right the one that you get to come to for the break right yeah you know it's anyway i don't know it's it's tough for me specifically with a restaurant owner where the restaurant owner would just it just would be unheard of to to sit in the restaurant and and negotiate the price because mm-hmm. I don't think it doesn't make sense to me. You know, mm-hmm. explain it to me. Show me your cost. No, mm-hmm. you're not going to do that for me. Why would I do that for you? I, I'm going to try it. Actually, I want to get it on video. I'm going to go try it. <laughs> I bet you there are people that have done that to them. <laughs> Probably. I bet you I've I've seen it everywhere that I've worked. Got an airplane going by, Mike. They're Leo, coming oh, for it's a you. Helicopter. Leo would lose his shit if he was awake right now. He was awake for a little bit. His head was behind you in the window. Oh, I was oops. laughing, but I think he eventually gave up and took a nap. Oh. But um, but yeah. Anyway, so um, shiny object. I've not forgotten everything we were talking about. Yeah, where were we? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> uh, I do see you're wearing your Nova Fitness uh, CrossFit. Shirt. I am. It's not. You know. Is is um. Working is that beer out. or is that sweat? I don't know. Is working out uh, tied up at all? Because you are you work out a lot. I follow you on Instagram. You're 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 a beast. Um, is it part of all of this, or is it like? I mean, because this is a weird thing for me to ask to say: Is working out healthy? Of course, working out is healthy. I'm not talking about in general. I'm talking about: Are you one of those people who is? Are you working out too much? Not enough? Is that part of all this, or is it just a completely separate thing where it's like, no, it's just something I like doing? So, fun fact: I didn't start working out until I was out of college. I didn't like to sweat. I mean, I still don't like to sweat as I'm like sitting here, like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. um, but I didn't work out at all. I think I maybe like did some Pilates as my like college like fitness class credits I had to take, but um, which I'm not shitting on Pilates. That stuff is hard, <laughs> but um. <laughs> So I didn't start working out until literally <laughs> my boyfriend was at the time was like, I want to go out to dinner. I was like, none of my pants fit. I can't button them. We can't go anywhere. And I was like, OK, we've hit like a point where, you know, I've been in a relationship for five years. I've put on 20 pounds like 
let's oh, do something. Okay. Yeah. So I started, I went to the Rochester Athletic Club, RIP. Um, <laughs> and, you know, which is a women's only gym. You know, I was a little cardio bunny. Oh, I didn't know they closed. The one on Monroe Ave, Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah. It's a sensitive subject because I used to work there too. Really? Surprise. I didn't know that. So. I could understand why a women only club would make sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's an intimidating environment for a lot of women. Um, you know, I'm thankful that the place I'm at now, that's not anything that I experienced, but I was really concerned about that, especially having never exercised before. Um, so yeah, I lost a lot of weight doing that, you know, just a bunch of cardio and then. How are you eating pre, uh, losing the weight? Um, I did not eat my first vegetable until I was 21 years old. Oh, well, that's not that. Honestly, that's pretty normal. I think a lot of like uh, the standard American <laughs> diet, right? Um, I think most 20 year olds are surviving on Chipotle and McDonald's. Well, you know, my my <laughs> mom worked multiple jobs when I was growing up, so I would eat at grandma's or you know dad's on the weekends, and they catered to whatever a kid wants, which is not a single vegetable. Right. So finally, my boyfriend at the time was like, this is ridiculous. You're an adult yeah, yeah. starting some vegetables. Yeah, because you, you post your food, too. So I, the thing I was going to get to regarding weight loss is food, working out, what percentage, what, where is the, how do you, so, where does the responsibility lie between what you put in your body and what you. So I've been through quite a, a journey through my fitness from cardio bunny to bodybuilder i did a couple competitions i don't know if i've even ever told you I that know it, but i can see it You're i'll i'll pull yeah. out the the picture sometime you're gonna be like who's that tiny little bobblehead no, um you're jacked like i've noticed it oh before. goodness and when you do post your workout videos on instagram like you are jacked you yeah. flatter me so which honestly is lovely i'm like okay my face hurts from smiling now but thank you because i have not been able to work out as i would like to for probably the last four months I had an injury that I'm coming back from so when you well a lot of people will say like oh Lauren does CrossFit she's a CrossFitter she's this that and the other thing and I'll be like no I'm not because I'm not doing it right now it's been really really hard for me so the food actually makes that much more of an impact I mean I still enjoy my my thick Thursdays at Peels on Wheels mm-hmm. with my lovely co-worker who I, we got to meet last week right I talked with your with your coworker, Mr. Vincent, right? His last name was Vincent. Yeah, name drop. Yeah. Um, uh, well, he and he will probably have been on like the week prior to us doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I so I got to meet him and do a podcast with him and everything. Um, and it was great talking to him. But he speaking of jacked, I mean, that dude's freaking jacked, you know. But he was talking about every Thursday eats pizza. You can't, you can't give it up, right? This is where I always struggle because like, the, I've dieted a few times in my life and I've lost a bunch of weight. But every single time I've done it by just, you know, depriving myself. And eventually it always ends in a binge. Mm-hmm. If I say, because I can do it. I can go eat this. I'll go eat salad for lunch and it won't be a problem. And I'll eat a healthy dinner and it might last one meal. It might last one week. It might last one month. It could even last a year. I think my record is like a year. But eventually it ends in just revenge eating. Mm-hmm. So I've done two bodybuilding shows, and the first one I did your typical chicken, broccoli, tilapia yeah. diet, and then my second one I found a new coach with a new philosophy, and I had variety in my diet. I was even eating pop tarts the week of my competition, and I looked a hell of a lot better than. Now, well, granted, you, well, some time work? had passed. How do you do that though? Is it just moder? Is it all moderation? Now, if you really want to get to the nitty gritty of it, I really tracked every morsel that I ate, which is not for everyone. I do not recommend that for everyone every day. 
but the longer you do it, the more you start to realize, you know, what a portion size looks like and what you need in the day. Now, also with my, you know, investing in myself earlier this year, I hired a nutritionist at my office and um, completely different philosophy from what I've done for the last seven-ish years. You know, she's like, I don't want you tracking your calories. I don't want you tracking your macros. I want you to pay attention to ingredients. I want you, every time you go grocery shopping, you buy one new food to try. Um, you know, That's try cool. some like new that. recipes. That's cool. So she gave me some other goals to work on. And honestly, most of what we talk about is not even food related anymore. It's what time did you go to bed? How much sleep did you get? How much sunlight did you get? Did you get morning movement? Did you this, that, and the other thing to support all of these goals that I had? Are you a good sleeper? Um, I am a sleepy girl. I ideally would get nine hours of sleep a night oh to be a high functioning human. <laughs> um, awesome. Most nights it's closer, like seven to eight. And then I take a nap midday. Oh my God. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Well, but, but, but the reason I'm bringing it up is because it's a, I think, you know, eating what you put in your body and then, and working out are, are maybe one and two. Sleep is number three, isn't it? I would put sleep before, before the others. Because if I don't sleep, I don't have the energy to go grocery shopping and meal prep. I don't have the energy to go have You're a good right. workout. You make lazy decisions. Yeah. tired. Yeah, you like know. my workout's half-assed or, you know, I might just graze whatever I can find around the house or go get takeout or something. So I think sleep's number one, honestly. Um, and the reason I started seeing Rachel and got my hormones tested was I was tired all the time. You, I think you honestly, I think sitting here listening to you say this, I think you're convincing me it might be number one. Because the thing that I just said about making lazy decisions and hearing what you're saying, it's so true. When, when you're tired, you just compromise everything. You'll compromise what you're going to eat. You'll compromise the effort you're going to put into everything. It is fucking really important. And I suck at sleeping. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll get a good night's sleep. Sometimes. What's a good night's sleep for well, you? Well, good night's sleep be an eight-hour night of sleep. Yeah. And I'll do that at least once a week. That's good. But then I've got, you know, my four or five-hour nights, three or four or five nights a week, and then maybe one or two that could go either way, either completely sleepless or I'll get like a second eight-hour night. Sometimes if I'm not feeling well, I can get an eight-hour I usually get an eight-hour night of sleep at least once a week. Now, I'm super sympathetic to the fact that I have no kids. I have no significant other. I don't own a business. <laughs> yeah. So for me, getting nine hours of sleep just depends on me going to bed early enough so that when my cat wakes me up at 6 a.m. for breakfast, like I've gotten my nine hours or yeah. my eight hours. Yeah. So you've got a lot, you know, going on that's outside of your control. So it can be really tough. Yeah. The tough thing is also getting older now, like peeing in the middle of the night. You know, like that's for me, that's new in the last couple of years. You know, sleeping through the night used to be no problem. And now I'm peeing in the middle of the night almost every night. And that's, you know, now I'm awake. Do you, like, try to, like, stay asleep? Yes. Like, no lights on, oh eyes closed. How you know how to that? get through your house. Like, you how know. How funny is that? I think every human does that. How funny would it be if we were all on video, like, attempting to stay asleep while we pee in the middle of the night? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I absolutely do. <laughs> I do the same thing. I do the <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely some challenges, yeah, as you as you get older. Yeah, this morning I, I said I'm going to sleep till 7, and nope, still 5.45 a.m., yeah. as always. But um, No, it's it's the it's the one forty five a.m., up to pee, lay back in bed, 50-50 shot. Falling back asleep half the time, yes, great. Uh, the other half the time, mind is on the business and done. So I have a little hack that works for me. Tell me. 
So I have the Down Dog Meditation app because I use their yoga app as well. If I wake up in the middle of the night, I put that on. It's like for 25 minutes, and I'm usually asleep within five minutes. Okay, similar. Hold on. Earbuds? ASMR. Okay. How weird. Is that weird? I mean, whatever works for you. It works for me. I have my my Google plays ocean sounds throughout the night, and then I have the the meditation app for when I really need it. Can I tell you something I don't think I've ever talked about publicly? I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm so excited. I think there's literally one human alive that knows this, and it's my wife. You're going to be the second person ever to know this and once this podcast airs everyone as many as nine people (laughs) will know (laughs) i listen i i do asmr magic tricks i literally okay but i know you like magic so that's not that weird to me yeah so i'll do asmr of somebody like shuffling cards or like doing a magic trick but like really long and and if i put like a 10 minute long asmr magic trick on youtube and i just hit play on it and i close my eyes at 2 a.m after i was peeing and now i can't fall back asleep that can usually do the trick of somebody just being like, I'm going to shuffle now. That's so random, but and whatever works. This is called a tower shuffle. <laughs> and this is called a poker shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm going to have you draw four cards off the top. And then that fucking works for me. It works for me. I'm glad you found something. People got their shit. That's my shit. Yeah, yeah. Ocean sounds always uh, always do it for me. That's one thing I've learned. Like waterfalls, beaches, sunshine, nature, like all that stuff relaxes me. Yeah. So I'm like, why not try it at bedtime? It just gives me anxiety. I just think about being on the beach. It's hot. So, I just carried literally a two coolers and four chairs. <laughs> like It's <laughs> funny you say that. I've, I've, I made a, a hot take recently. That uh, pools are better than boats and pools are better than beaches. Okay, that's a really good question. If you had a home and you had the option of either buying a boat or buying a pool, I am with you on the pool. I'm doing the pool over the boat. So not even that, but just like making plans on a hot day. I'm going pool. It seems cleaner. It is less prep work. Like... When my friends well, go on a boat, you say it's paid in the ass, but boats are the oh, yeah. same thing. Oh, I don't want my own pool. I want to <laughs> go to someone else's pool. I don't want my own boat. I want to go on some boats. We splurge. It's our second year. We actually have a pool membership. It's, it's our Where? big summer splurge. Tennis club or Rochester. Okay. It's our big splurge. Worth two, it though, right? Two summers in a row. It's great. We're going later. Yeah, nice. We're going like for dinner tonight. How many people we get on that? You got like an extra pass or? Actually, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Uh, you wanna crash? Do you want to crash my dinner with my wife and son tonight? It wouldn't be the first time I've <laughs> accidentally had dinner at your house. So, you know, that That's works true. out. That's true. That works out. I uh, I have no, ain't no shame in my game. I will invite myself to someone's <laughs> pool or or a boat or something. See, I don't do it with a boat. Yeah, the boat's just like a whole production. You got to like go get whatever you're going to eat and you're going to drink and your towel and then you change your clothes and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's too much. Boat, bo- and, the other and then thing you're stranded. Boats. Yeah, boats scare, boats scare me for a couple reasons. So I, lo- I do love going on a jet ski and I'm a sucker for a couple times a year I end up on a jet ski and I just love going by myself, just speeding and, you know, way, way riding, whatever. But uh, they, it, when I took the class for to get the safety certificate you need to be able to ride a jet ski in New York. It's eight hours of just scaring the shit out of you. Everything can go wrong on a boat. And there's just, like, so many things that can go wrong on a boat. Mm -hmm. And you really are. You can go from having fun to fucked like that 
on a boat. It's scary, kind of, actually. My thing is, it's like, if I'm not having a good time, it's not easy to leave. Oh, yeah, that you're exactly right with that. Too. That's you're, the thing. You're stuck in the middle. Now, of the I will say, one of my favorite vacations I ever took, so my dad and his friends sail, and we did a couple vacations. We did... We did the British Virgin Islands and a couple other places where we chartered a boat and we slept on the boat. Like, that's a whole different thing. Oh, yeah. If you got a boat with a ba- if you Here's how you know. If your boat has a bathroom. Yes. I'm ca- I can kind of chill. I'm okay. A thousand percent. What I don't like is we're out on the boat and everyone's having a blast. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I got to take a shit. <laughs> okay, Polly. In about an hour and a half, we were planning on stopping back at the dock. And I'm just going, hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's where your head goes because mine goes to someone pissed me off and I want to get away from them and I can't. That's yeah, well, usually okay, my problem. That's fine. We all got our own shit. <laughs> yes, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, love me a pool. That, no, that's a... I'm pullover boat. I'm with you. Yeah. I agree on that. If, yeah. if I can have it. Now, I will say one thing, though, that is going to stop me. I do not want to pull until my kids are old. I don't. Right now, three-year-old, you know, maybe we'll work on another kid or two. I would say... No interest in a pool until my kids are yeah. at least teenagers. And even that scares me because then I know if Ryan and I go away for a weekend, there's a 1,000% chance of a party. Although the thing our generation has that our parents and grandparents did not have is cameras. Mm-hmm. We have cameras, and that helps. Yeah. Because we will know about the party if it's happening, whereas like my parents went to Italy one time for a week, and they have no idea what we did in their house while they were in Italy for a week when I was... Maybe a freshman or sophomore in college. Yeah. What were they thinking? I mean, I feel like by college, though, like, I mean, I went to college here. My family's in Syracuse. And, uh, I mean, if you think about it, usually you send your kid to college and it's like, good luck. Hope you don't die. Make good choices. It's true. Especially, I mean, I didn't have, cell phones did not exist. I'm really aging myself. Or if they existed. Can I ask you how old you are? I'm 38. I'm 39. We're the same. Yeah, we're about the same. When did you graduate high school? 2002. I really had to think about that. Yeah, I'm a year older than you. So, you know, I didn't get my cell phone until I was a sophomore in college. So Same. I think I I remember actually my parents gave me a a cell phone freshman in college. Yeah. But it was not cool or convenient. It was the thing I had to have because just in case something happened. Yeah. But about two years later, about junior year in college, it became cool to have the cell phone. Yeah, we right at that time. We were just talking about our old cell phones at the gym earlier today. Uh, I was talking about my remember the LG NV three with like yeah. the full keyboard. Yeah. I was like, that was sick. That was my last phone before an iPhone. You ever have the the Sidekick? No, the because sidekick. I did. <laughs> I had like this old before the NV three was like an old flip phone, and and that was the only phones I've ever had. I, yeah. I didn't have the BlackBerry or the Razor or anything like that. Can I say in Europe they were so far ahead of us? When I went, I was in Italy for a year from 99 to 2000 as an exchange student. They were texting each other. And it was the weirdest thing that they were texting each other. And then I came back over here and texting existed. But it was just like, why would anyone text when you can just call? Well, it took so long because you had to hit the button multiple times. Yeah. It was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, so... I mean, when I was in college, it was like, go off now. I'm going to have to trust you. You know, in high school, I could see more so. But I was a good kid. I didn't do any of that. I mean, I didn't have my first. Did you get in trouble? No. I mean, like I said, I worked two jobs from age 16. I was a good student. Uh, I 
was not pop. I wasn't a nerd. I wasn't smart enough to be a nerd, but I wasn't popular because, you know, my big mouth, I told the popular girls I didn't think they were shit, so they didn't want anything to do with me. <laughs> so I wasn't invited to any parties. Did you tell the nerds you didn't think they were shit, too? No, because I hung with them. They were cool. Well, so, that, so then you were a nerd. No, I wasn't. I, like I Why said. Why don't you admit you were a nerd? I wasn't. I wish I was a nerd. Like I said, I don't think I was smart enough or like studious enough to be a nerd. I had a core group of like four girlfriends that we were all kind of like in the middle, right? So, you know, I wasn't invited to parties or anything. Uh, I had a steady boyfriend for a long time. So I didn't have my first sip of alcohol till I was spring quarter. Because, you know, I went to RIT back in the quarter system days, also dating myself. Um, spring quarter my freshman year. So the only one time, okay, sorry, mom. I snuck out of the house one time and it was my boyfriend and his friends. We met up with him and we just like roamed the streets of Salve. There was no alcohol. There was nothing. We just like wanted to bust out and then I snuck back in. So nothing crazy could happen. And then the same boyfriend, see, it was his fault. Um, Mom was gone for the weekend and he was partying with his friends and the party got busted up as they do. And I said, oh, well, just come over here. So it was like three guys and they brought over whatever beer was left. And again, nothing crazy. My aunt was home the whole time, but didn't I have a neighbor wrap me out? And I'm like, mom, I'm now like 19 years old. Cops show up or just told you? No, it literally, because we were just hanging out inside with yeah. my boyfriend and a couple of friends and like me and my aunt that was trying to sleep. Yeah. And she just looked the other way. Yeah. My aunt is only 10 years older than me. So she's more like my sister. You know, yeah. she took me to get my belly button pierced. She took me when I got my first tattoo, although mom was there. And uh, she definitely knows some, she's helped me clean up some vomit. She's, uh, she knows some things. Some things we'll tell mom later on in life. Um, but she, yeah, so we're, we're more like sisters. So she was like, oh, just let me, as long as I can sleep, I really don't care what you guys are doing out there. Yeah. Uh, what do they call it? Um, not ignorance is bliss. Maybe ignorance is bliss. Or I don't want to know. Or yeah. There's a word. There's a saying. Yeah. Or something. I mean, I just wanted the guys to go to sleep so I could hang out with my boyfriend. But, you know, we weren't looking to do anything rowdy. But, yep, sure shit. One of the neighbors so said something. So it sounds like you've been in long relationships in your life. Um, I was earlier on in life. And now I'm going on year 12 without. 12 years single. I Yeah. I mean, I've dabbled and, like, had some little, like, two-month little... Yeah. Almost boyfriends, but yeah. So I'm just making sure we're still recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're like, now that we're getting into the good stuff, let's make sure we're yeah, recording. Yeah. So, so you've been 12 years single? Pretty much. Why? <laughs> I don't mean to say that no, that sounded really bad, but like, <laughs> what? how do you get 12 um, years single seems tough, like... Almost yeah. hard to like you would you would fall and stumble into a boyfriend at some point over the course of twelve years. You would think. Uh yeah. Um wow, okay, I should have prepared for this. This was not this was not on my list. High. This is not on my list of possible topics to talk about because you know I made some, even though you told me not to. What do you want to talk about? Oh no, we've list? covered most of them. Oh, okay. I'm right. a wizard at navigating conversation. Okay, great. This is probably why I've been single for twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> um I guess it depends on who you ask. No. Um, I think that, I don't think my standards are too high. I think I haven't made an effort. I think I have a really good life with some really cool friends and great family members. So it's going to take, you know, a pretty awesome guy to take time away from so those things. So your standards are too high. Okay. 
not- literally just admitted it. Your standards are too high. It's going to take an amazing guy to, because guess what? You're not going to find a perfect guy. Oh God, no! It's not going to happen. I'm not a perfect and woman. Are you ready? That's what I was going to say. Ready to find? I out got my shit. Also not perfect. You just need someone whose shit like plays well with your shit. Our trauma has to like Maybe. come in line or be know. understanding of it. Mine, mine, and my wife's shit is very different from yeah. Mine, to be honest with you, yeah, we. We the things, my demons are foreign to her, and her demons are foreign to me. So know? how does it work? Um, well, actually, because because but like how I need you to break it down. Okay, so like <laughs> it's sobering for me sometimes the way she will deal with my shit because she can help me find out that something I'm freaking out over is just not a big deal, just not a big deal, because she will actually almost dismiss it. But in a way, and sometimes that pisses me off when she dismisses it because sometimes I'm like, wait a minute, this is a major thing happening for me, and you're acting like it's not a big deal. Uh, and sometimes I go, that sucks, you know, F you, I need you here for me right now. And then other times I go, oh, she might be right. Like, look at how little it affects her, the thing I just told her, that is causing me so much inner strife right now that she's able to look at and just go, well, that's stupid. Just, just A or just B, you know. And then I do it back to her, and of course she just wants to vent, like we talked about before. <laughs> she doesn't want she doesn't want to hear the fix, but I I appreciate the fix. And sometimes when so it works for me, in that sometimes like I'll give you a really stupid example. Here's a stupid example because it's not a real thing, but it's like let's talk about sports. Okay, I will watch sports, and I will be into my sport. I'll watch the Cleveland Browns on a Sunday, and she could not possibly think football is stupider than it is. Like, she's <laughs> just cannot believe that people are interested in a game. <laughs> like, and that's an example. It's a, it's a simple example, but it, it also uh, manifests itself in real life things, too. But I will sit there and I will watch a football game, and it will be the fourth quarter of a tight football game, and I will become very emotionally invested in this football game. And she will just look at me like, oh, my God. God, this is so stupid. Will it ruin your day? I, I, I honestly can tell you there have been times before where a game has ruined my day, but not all the time. Not really. No, I'm, I'm kind of over any loss of a, of a sporting event ruining my day, but not a perfect history of it. It's happened before. And she will just come at me with just like, wait a minute. So the guy that you were rooting for the guy wearing the blue costume it's a uniform costume it's a costume like yesterday with the bills i love her so much you know the bills like yesterday at no i camp. don't know anything right, about so sports the, the buffalo bills like wore they wore some like alternate uniforms or something and everyone on and all like the manly men are on twitter being like love these alternate uniforms the red looks great with the blue and my wife is just fucking busting their chops because she's just like all these manly men are like, <laughs> like I love fashion oh, red with the blue looks great on Josh yeah, Allen's the helmet. fashions <laughs> like so funny actually she's but she's a hundred percent right it is absolutely just theater it's just fake theater all of it is and you know and I'll take it seriously so that's a stupid example like I said but it'll manifest itself in real life too something about work or something about a client relation or something about anything where I'll just start to get really detailed about this this little thing that's happening and she'll just be like no that's so that's so fixable within 30 seconds I'll be like damn it she's right opposite issue also with her where she'll some things like her big thing 
she probably shouldn't air her dirty laundry, but her her one of her biggest like toxic traits is that timing for her always has to be perfect. It's always got to be like, well, I can't do that until this happens, and that could never happen unless that happened. And there could be a situation where a golden opportunity could fall her way. Like Redbird Market's mm-hmm. actually a really, really good example. I listened to that episode. Yeah, okay, so that's actually a great example because there's other examples, but I'd rather not. It's not my business to put out there. But Redbird has been made public at this point. So the first reaction to me telling her about Redbird Market was what? It was negative. It was, nope, can't do that. Why not? Timing's not perfect. Well, guess what's never going to be perfect ever? Timing. It's literally never going to happen in a zillion years that you're going to go sit back in a chair on a Saturday afternoon and go, I'm done with everything in life. Life is perfect. All right, let's go to the list of big life changes. Mm -hmm. Oh, perfect timing for this one. Doesn't happen. Never happens. She'll wait for that. She'll wait for the perfect moment. And that's where I can come in and go, that shit is never coming your way. You're never going to get your perfect moment. So I'm sorry. I feel like I haven't shut up in 10 minutes. No, it sounds like you uh, compliment each other. I guess I just haven't found anyone that compliments me. Uh, can you put up with someone's shit? I think what's who I am. What's I taller? can now. A um, couple years ago, absolutely not. I've been, you know, I think uh, I've utilized this last six months and even the last couple of years to really do the inner work as they like to say in therapy speak um to figure out my shit so that I can articulate it to somebody else in a better way and also to be open to someone else's shit I mean we all have something and uh everyone's scared to tell what it is and a lot of times that causes us to react a certain way that's unhealthy or you know shield someone from our shit you know there's just a lot of things we can do to for self-preservation and I'm just over that you know I'm getting close to 40 so you know I know that the next relationship I will have will be super super healthy compared with anything that I had in the past I mean my last long-term boyfriend we literally got together because we would play beer pong all the time on Saturdays and that was the thing we had in common we tried to build a relationship off that (laughs) didn't work shockingly enough and you know so that was like early 20s into mid 20s and then I just like because I went from boyfriend to boyfriend to boyfriend to boyfriend through my teens and early 20s my my mid to late 20s was like my my party time my like go out every single Friday Saturday sometimes Tuesday Wednesday I have a place every day of the week you know Tuesdays was Buffalo Wild Wings Wednesday was Oxford's and the weekend was Murphy's Law (laughs) every single weekend for a couple of years with the friends you know that I hung out with then and uh, so yeah you weren't really meeting any quality people or having any deep conversations and anyone that you did meet probably wouldn't pan out why did we do that I did the same thing. Why did we go to bars at midnight on Saturday night? It was fun. But what? No, no, no. That's fun. Don't get me wrong. That is fun. Why did we go thinking that would be the place we're going to meet somebody? I don't think I ever thought I was going to meet anyone. Okay, and that's right. honestly also part of the problem is I, I probably pass up a lot of opportunities. Like I'll have friends that'll be like, what about that guy? I'm like, who are you talking about? Or what about, you know, this guy that was chatting with you then? And I'm like, what? Like it happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, friends were in town and they're like so what do you think about such and such I'm like who 
Like the guy you were just talking to in the pool for an hour and a half. And I'm like, honestly, I do that with everybody. So I didn't notice it was out of the ordinary until you said something. So I just don't, you know, pay a lot of attention to, I just like meeting people and moving on to the next. So that's probably part of it too. But um, yeah, I think I've created this very busy lifestyle that's very hard to get into. And also I... You know, keeping up with me can be a challenge. I think it's a good one and a worthy one, um, but it's not for everybody. Will you be with a guy who can't keep up with you and no. doesn't have an interest in it? Uh, will you meet up with a guy? What I'm trying to say is will you- Sorry, that was really abrupt. That probably- <laughs> And here's the problem. It's too abrupt because what if you're with a guy, you, you've got plans Tuesday through Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be somewhere Tuesday. What if you meet up with a guy who goes, listen, Lauren- I'm good for a couple nights a week, but a couple nights a week, I got to stay into it. Okay. So in that respect, I'm a very independent person and I like to keep some independence in my relationship. So that's fine with me. I don't want to do everything together. My college boyfriend, like he'd be like, come watch me and my friends play video games or come to this game that I'm, you know, three games in a row I'm playing. And I'm like, we don't have to do everything together. I'm not going to make you come shopping with my friends. I'm not going to make you come to the salon to get Manny Petties. Like, <laughs> I want to do some things alone and some things with my friends. Where I have an issue is if I have someone, say I'm invited to a wedding. It's my friend's wedding. If you come with me, you got to be able to hang. Like, I have to be able to, like, I'm at the dance floor and then I'm at the bar. And then I'm meeting somebody new. And then I'm like... What I'm, are you saying? You need them by your side from... No, I don't want that. Okay. Like, you got to be able to, like, hold your own, maybe make some new friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I've had a couple guys that could not do that. You stay on your hip. You don't want to... And then they're there. like, well, where'd you go? Did I? I'm like, I'm not here to babysit you. I'm here to have fun with my people, and I want you to be with me for... You know, you better be on the dance floor with me. That's, that's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Okay. You need to dance. <laughs> um... But, you know, I don't want to have to babysit anybody either. Yeah. Do you are starting to understand how this happened? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I love it, actually. <laughs> it's fascinating to me, actually. Uh, I get, listen, I do get that, too, though. I am, like, listen, I, I don't, I cannot be responsible for dragging you ever. It, honestly, it doesn't happen anymore. We're good, you know, she and I have been together for so long. But in the past, I've been there, too. Yeah. I'm just like, are you, are you? Are you following me? <laughs> well, and then, but then her response will be, you know, yes, you're my date. And I'll be like, oh, fuck. I guess I am. But yeah. also, just you don't have to, like, follow me. <laughs> yeah. And it's tricky because, I mean, a lot of my friends are just like me. And so, you know, you got to – I want someone that I can do things with my friends with as well. And, you know, they can they – can, keep up so to speak which yeah. you know there's nothing wrong with anyone that can't they're just not my my human yeah i get that i get that it's not it's i'm sorry if it was rude of me to even ask about oh my gosh and stuff but it's because i do try to mostly keep these professional but that it's fast it was fascinating listen Polly, i don't know who listens to your podcast this could be a thing maybe i guess it's hard to ask people <laughs> personal questions though. but for whatever reason just with talking about therapy it felt like yeah, okay just put a, a disclaimer in the intro uh, with, you know, maybe my Instagram. So if anyone's, you know, feels like they yeah. fulfill the role, they can reach out. What is the make what, a love connection? Must adhere to exactly. You have to dance yeah. and uh, hang. But, but again, though, just I know we've kind of touched this, but we breezed over it, though. I think you have to 
be okay with the fact that the guy you eventually marry the love of your life one day is probably going to have something that is going to just be like, ugh, I hate this one thing. It's amazing. I love my life. But this one thing is like, ugh. That would be uh, the difference between a red flag or a deal breaker and a preference. Yeah, okay. All right, that's fair. So, you know, there's your your diehard things that you have to have in common. And then there are things that will be like, oh, it would be nice. Like, I don't need to date a CrossFitter, honestly, with my track record. Probably shouldn't. Um, Have you been through the CrossFitter But somebody that values exercise and eating healthy yeah. is a preference yeah. because if not, they're going to be like, you really you need to go to the gym again? You need to do this again? Yeah. Um, you know, would be nice. So that's something that's more of a preference. But, you know, then there's your diehard deal breakers. Like, right. I don't want to have kids. So I also need someone that doesn't want to have kids. Am I allowed to ask you about that decision? Sure. I'm not going to judge it positive or negative. Oh my gosh, people do all the time and I have no problem. I'm sure you've been judged because that is a big, big decision. And it's perfectly fine to make whatever decision you want. I support you in whatever decision you want. I'm just interested to know how you came to it over the course sure. of your life. I actually am very fortunate. I have not had a lot of judgment about that. Mm-hmm. And I have friends that had. So, you know, my mother is super supportive. You know, my family knows and they're super supportive. Um, I have a lot of friends with similar similar thoughts. I just, uh, my mom was very sick when I was in high school, so I kind of already raised a, a child, so to speak. My brother's eight years younger than me, so I made his lunches and I helped him with his homework and I got him on the bus and all that stuff for a couple years. Um, I also, you know, like I said, the last probably three or four years prior to getting the job at Pinnacle didn't have like a steady job or paycheck. So I'm finally somewhat getting to a place in my life where I feel like, okay, I can ease off on the hustle, vacation a little more, you know, I've got some money, uh, that I can kind of do some things I want to. And, uh, the second you have a kid, I hear that kind of goes out the window so it's hard to explain because I do want to relate to you in that it occurs to me, right, that that financial independence, personal freedom, more vacations, doing whatever I want would be an advantage to not having kids. But it doesn't supersede the fact that I love that little guy more than I could ever love anything in the history of the universe. I mean, he's cool. His Hess truck he showed me earlier. I mean, but I can come over here if I want a little of that or all of my friends if I want a little bit of that. I just, uh, yeah, I don't really want like the financial and time responsibility when I feel like I've spent so much of my life hustling. You feel like you've already had that response and you're like, oh my God, another thing is going to weigh on my time and my finances yeah. and my freedom yeah which it does and i'm not gonna lie it does yeah. but there's a there's a reward that comes from it again i'm not i'm not trying to convince you trust me i'm not trying to do that i'm just trying to convince myself <laughs> <laughs> because i relate to what you're saying and yeah. it does occur to me but but there is the reward of him that outweighs how cool it would be to not have him Oh, does that sound terrible? No, I mean... The reward of him far outweighs yeah. what it would be like to not have Yeah, my friends, a lot of my friends have some really cool-ass kids. We have an, uh, a youngin' in the family now. My aunt 
uh, just, you know, had a child later in life. And so I have a cousin that's only four years old, Mm -hmm. unfortunately out in Las Vegas, but I get to see her from time to time. And, you know, I have a great time with her and, and kids love me. I'm, I like to say young at heart. Some would say immature. You you, kind of seem like since you've decided not to have kids that you're just going to perpetually be the cool aunt. I'm the cool aunt that like sweeps in, you know, hungover, maybe still a little bit drunk. I got some money for some cool ass toys that I give them, but I'm not, I'm not there yet. Like I said, you know, money's been tight the last couple of years. You would be like, like a 12 year old girl's dream aunt, right? Because you would be like the one who comes in. Wearing the sunglasses because you went to a party last night, you know. And, <laughs> and I love. I mean, honestly, like, I babies don't really do it for me. That's another thing. The whole baby phase. I mean, if I ever decided I changed my mind, I would adopt, and okay. it would and it would not be a baby. Babies don't do it oh, for me. Okay. When they get to be like two years old, I'm like, okay, now they're fun. Okay, well, I got news for you. Okay, no, sorry. I didn't mean fun. to. I didn't mean to. I have terrible twos, three major, I get it. But like, I don't know, something about when they're like, start talking and moving and like, like, like I said, my cousin, now she has her moments. If I call my aunt on FaceTime and Kenzie's being a little bit of a bitch, I'm like, I did not call for this, and I hang up, and we try again another time. Yeah, you can't do that when they're yours. Exactly. But if I can get her on, like, when they came to visit, we went and got ice cream, went to Strong Museum, and, like, we'll hold hands, and we'll, like, she's she'll let me braid her hair and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, like, I have a nephew that's five, and we'll play with trucks and video games and stuff. Like, Yeah, but you get to that's clock my out thing. at the end. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, like, tap out. Like, yeah. I don't even want, like a dog that's yeah. too much responsibility for me i can't even keep plants alive like there's just certain <laughs> and i'm okay with that um but yeah i love when people say, you'll change your mind and i'm like i'm 38 and they're like oh maybe not no, it's... but i project as younger so people think i have a lot more time than i do <laughs> yeah 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 no it's i think it's a i think it's a really cool decision um i respect the hell out of the decision i really do and uh it's just you know i get it I do get it, but it's it's so rewarding. But at the same time, I get it. I think about all that. Like, I have uh, so many places I want to travel to, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, on hold for literally a, probably a couple decades. Yeah, you know? you're like, so he's turning four, so in 14 years. <laughs> 14 years. You send him off to college to yeah. do the stupid shit that you used to do, yeah. and then you go and travel. Yeah, yeah. Also, the, but you know what's so much fun about being, like, this morning. Can I tell you about our morning this yeah. morning? Yeah. This morning we had a boys' morning because mommy went to work at Redbird Market. I'm like envisioning what boys' morning might be. You better hurry so up and fill in the blanks. Breakfast. Okay. Pancakes. Nice. Solid. Bacon? Right. No bacon. <gasps> Didn't do bacon. Bless me. Here's exactly what I did. I did pancakes. I did uh, scrambled eggs with like some cheddar cheese mix. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, hash browns, but, but fresh, grated up potato. Okay. Fancy. Okay. So then he and I went to Once Upon a Child in Victor because it turns out I learned this the hard way everything you can get at Target you can get it once upon a child hell yeah I love that sustainable shopping (laughs) yes love it yeah so we used to go to Target now we go to once upon a child so I immediately get the bribe out of the way this is the thing I do different than most parents most Mm. parents will make them go the whole day being a good boy Mm -hmm. or a sweet you know and then at the end there's the bribe I go bribe right off the bat it works because now he's mine for the rest of the day and he's like in in my, the palm of my hand for the rest of the day. So we do Once Upon a Child. Then we went to Wickham Farms. Nice. 
nice. Best freaking best value for a parent out there right now. Super 50 fun. Bucks season pass for for a season pass or just 20 bucks to get in but 50 bucks season pass and hours worth of entertainment we go to wickham farms we played around in the corn sandbox still mm-hmm. got corn probably hiding up in my drawers somewhere <laughs> then to redbird market to visit mommy bought half our groceries at redbird market for dinner and for sauce tomorrow the other half got at not at aldi skips meat no never been doing aldi <laughs> then went over to skips meat market right next door get the rest of my groceries because one thing we don't do at Redbird, we don't do meats because skips. We mm-hmm. kind of have a respect with skips where we're not going to do any meats and they're going to kind of stay off of main grocery stuff. Yeah. So anyway. Um, you can get all your groceries between those two places? Between the two, you can get pretty much everything. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then anyway, so uh, then home and uh, relaxed a little bit and then you came over. It was a fantastic boys morning. Nice. Fantastic. And that is, that makes me feel better than anything anything in the world it just it gives me so much energy speaking back to being an introvert kind of gives me so much energy to be around him but then just seeing him happy is like there is nothing in this world that can make me happier than seeing him happy but am i being the millennial who's spoiling my child that doesn't sound like a morning where you're really spoiling trust me well the first thing i see I it buy him a toy oh okay there is that <laughs> I'm that like crotchety aunt that I don't buy toys. I'm like, you get a book or you get like a new outfit. Oh, I left out the book. We also stopped at a bookstore and bought him a book. The one in Fairport? Yeah. 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 Next to Redbird. Also, mm-hmm. yeah. I've been to that library many times and I love all the stuff that's in that plaza, mm-hmm. but that was prior to, you know, you guys and, and Redbird. So I haven't gotten a chance to go there, but I heard about the peanut butter. So I will be going. Oh yeah. We got peanut butter. I will be going at some time. I'm now that person that's like, Oh, Fairport's so far away. It is. I feel like that's when you know you're getting older, when you're like, ugh, 20 minutes. I have to have like another errand out that yes. way. Or else. Plus, I mean, gas is expensive now, so yes. you throw that into well, the mix. First of all, we know about Rochester. Everything is 20 minutes away in Rochester, yeah. except for Hilton. Which We're so is, spoiled. Have you ever clocked a drive to Hilton? It's four hours to get to Hilton. Have you ever not driven to Hilton? I feel like you're being facetious because I've and taking advantage of the fact that I've never been to Hilton. <laughs> Hilton is Hilton is you drive and then you're sure that you're going to drive into the lake like you've been driving so long and they're like Hilton 10 more miles and you're like what the fuck how am I still in Monroe County <laughs> oh my gosh no I've actually never been to Hilton there's still a lot of outskirts of Rochester I haven't been to uh in in lockdown my mom and I uh, my mom always told me she's like I liked it better when you were unemployed I'm like well you could pay me to hang out with you I guess um but every weekend we would go somewhere, you know, we'd go to Sodus and we'd go to Geneva. We did Watkins Glen. We did something like almost every weekend. Um, but there's still a lot of the outskirts of Rochester that is untapped. We have a lot. And I'm a bit of a city snob. You know, I can walk to everything that I w- could possibly want or need yeah, where I live. You live neighborhood of the arts, right? Yeah. So today I walked to the market. I almost died of heat stroke. But have you been to that fancy flea? Um, so I love the Lucky Flea. Lucky Flea. Shit, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I haven't made it yet this season because I don't know what is going... Don't get me wrong. I am an extrovert and I so, a social butterfly and I love to do all the things, but every fucking Sunday I have something. And I do work Sunday mornings, so that's part of it too. And then I have to go to something else. Have that's been around for more than just this year? Uh, Yeah, so this is the second year. Oh, okay. So it originally started in the parking lot across from Good Luck last summer. Oh, so is it? Oh, well, that makes sense. So is it the same people? Yep. And it got so big that they moved it to where it is now. 
And then they did it inside a couple times at the Main Street Armory. Like, I got some great holiday gifts. Where is it now? So, it's next to... Um, like there's like the village gate, Selena's, you know, gate has a lot of stuff. And then whatever's businesses are next to it. It's on the other side of that building. So oh, in that big it. empty parking lot, yeah, yeah. um, that kind of backs up to the Hungerford. I mean, I think it's great. You definitely have to, you know, some people go to just wander, which I do sometimes. And sometimes I've gone to look, I got my brother a really, really sweet, uh, Yankees Jersey for Christmas for 10 bucks. And it looked like it had been worn once. I've gotten some other great gifts and things there, but you know, you gotta be willing to dig. Um, I've just been too damn busy this summer is to it, go is it a flea market or like an, or like an, like a craft arts. So you'll see a little bit of both. Um, you'll also see there's two types of vintage. There's like the vintage you think when you hear the word vintage. And then there's like the starter jackets and the concert t-shirts and, and the things from the nineties. It's like the more recent vintage and you'll see things either priced cheap. Like I had a really sweet, like, you know, the singer Selena Yeah. again, RIP. I got a $5 t-shirt. I got like a $10 uh, bleach dyed Star Wars sweatshirt like that. I wanted this Metallica t-shirt. It was $125. I was like, okay, I understand that this is from like, a, it's an original concert t-shirt from like an old tour from like that album. But like, I am not spending $125. So it's $5 or $125. Yes. Yeah. And it's wild. But yeah, the starter jackets are, are the funniest thing to me because I don't know if you had one, but I certainly did. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Okay. What, what team? Well, I had Charlotte Hornets because that was Who what didn't? I had for a little while. Yep. <laughs> because those were the cool colors. Yep. Turquoise and purple. Cool costumes. Yeah, cool costumes. That's right. And then after that was just all Cleveland stuff. Okay. I, of yeah. course, had an SU one. Yeah, yeah. I remember I bought it with all the coins that my grandfather had let me roll up of his. <laughs> yeah. And I just kept keeping them until I had enough to buy a, a starter jacket for myself but I, think, um, I don't think I want to go lucky fly. I think I might go tomorrow actually, well now there's food trucks too well, so you can trucks, really make a whole thing of it yeah, but I was thinking about going uh, honestly applying as a vendor maybe next year or something or nice do they do year-round or do they stop in the winter? uh so last winter they did two or three in the Main Street Armory one was right before Christmas because I remember my mom came out for my birthday because I'm an almost Christmas baby and it was the worst weather so I was like that's really all there is to do today <laughs> and we went and did some you know holiday shopping um but yeah, you'll see um, like some of the other vendors you might see at, at, at Park Ave Fest or Lilac Festival and things like that. Um, I wonder if I could even yeah. get in as a vendor. Like, I mean, I, I don't consider dumb. I don't know. Or no? I know I know a lot of people, but those are people I do not know. You're yeah. gonna have to look into it. I know them a little, but they might call it. But um, it it's a good time. My my old routine used to be get out of work on a Sunday morning, go over to the Lucky Flea, and then head to Matilda's for lunch. Yeah. Well, now it's Milo, but um, you know, make a little Sunday of it. I've just I've just been too busy, unfortunately. What did we miss from your uh, checklist? I gotta go get this. I don't know. Over. Okay, wait. Let me see. Nap time. There's only so much nap time left. Oh yeah, it is my nap time. I you're right. My oh wait, you're talking about Leo. <laughs> talking about the toddler. <laughs> I gotta get my editing done prior to the uh, end of. I'm the not gonna lie, Polly. We covered it all. Did we? Yes. Uh, t- read me your list. Hey, therapy. Okay. Managing people. We didn't really cover that. Though. We talked about a little bit, like managing people as far as like, you know, having to treat them like humans and bullshit like that. You have to treat them like humans? Wait a minute. We need to start off. <laughs> like you can't leave it at the door. You got to, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, we yeah. talked about that a little bit. Uh, the, the hardest thing for me about that has been that every single person needs managed slightly differently. Yeah. Yeah, because they they all are responding to different things. Like, 
you, everyone always wants to make more money, right? You can't give everyone a raise every day. I love that. That fucking pisses me off, to be honest with you, about like work from home TikTok. When everyone's like, you really want to make us happy? Give me money. Okay, done. Here's your raise. Now, how do I make you happy tomorrow? Right? <laughs> like, what What do I do? To, you know, like that. I always want to give the other side to some of those arguments. Because, yeah. like, there's only so much money. At some point, if you're going to ask for enough money, you're going to put me out of business. Anyway, sorry. Uh, people do all respond to different things yeah. money is obvious so i don't want to pretend like i don't know yeah but honestly is. money doesn't do it for everyone like some it needs to be money and so money yeah. and so some people want to be in charge of things they mm-hmm. want to be autonomous they want to be trusted other people just want to get out of work on time they don't ever want to have to be asked to do anything work-life extra. balance other people exactly work-life balance other people um want to they want they need the attaboy they need the they need that once words a of week. affirmation they need the you need, they it's need love them. languages is what i'm learning <laughs> It is. It's like you have to. There, there are some people who you have to pull them aside once a week and say, "You are doing such a great job," mm-hmm. here, and that's all they need. And then there's other people who, like we said, they just they just want to know they can leave on time and they're never going to be asked to work late, uh-huh. and they're happy with that. And then there's other people who uh, maybe they need to know that you trust them, that they can make decisions, that you're not going to micromanage them. Great. Other people almost want to be micromanaged, uh-huh. so you can't just have a management style and and do it for everybody i think that's the hardest part is i've got now i'm up to i think nine employees and i have to have nine different management styles with them and that was the biggest lesson i've learned in two years what do you think well i mean i remember a little bit of you know so i went to school for business management so i do have a little formal education in this but you know it helps a little but most you learn by doing right and so i think my biggest staff was 74 I had 74 people work for me when I worked for Express during one holiday season, and I had them all scheduled in one day. I had to know where everyone had to be, who was peeing when, who was, you know, taking out the trash, whatever, and, like, make sure they hustle, you know. So that's a little different because it's mostly part-timers. I think where it can be—part-timers can be challenging in their own respect because, you know, they're not making a lot of money. They don't have— a lot of investment into they care, the... They care a lot less yeah, than you want them to care. Some of them. I mean, every once in a while, you end up with like some really awesome part-time employees. Um, you know, the full-time ones. I, th- I think probably now, working at Pinnacle, so there's 12 of us, and I don't manage any of them directly, but I'm involved in the management of all of them. And yeah, they're also different. Um, there are definitely some tools and some tests, and because I like to analyze to get to know a high level overview of them, but you just gotta, I'm pretty sure if you ask them, they'll tell you, True. um, you know, that's, we, we started implementing a few months ago, uh, 20 minute check-ins once a month where they come in and you're like, okay, it's your 20 minutes. What do you want to talk about? You want to tell me what went well last month? What didn't go well? You want to talk about your personal life? You want to talk about whatever, anything you want to do. And it's really been a huge help uh, to uncover things before they're a problem at your six month review or your annual yeah. review. Right, yeah. So that's been huge. Um, but yeah, everybody's different and it probably wasn't until, like I said, that conversation where my boss was like, they don't like you right now where I realized I was finally working in an environment where it wasn't a bunch of people that were motivated like I was, Yeah. which, you know, I don't know what your motivation is, but mine is it's my job and that's enough to motivate me. That always was it in the past. Now my motivations are a lot different as, as an owner and scaling. But um, 
I, I've never had a problem being motivated to work. And I do lack some patience for those who have a, a, a lack of motivation. Um, people come to work and they just don't care. And I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. And that might suck of me. I'm not sure. I mean, it's definitely great if you can have a staff that has the same values. And if your values are a, a culture of excellence, a certain standard that you've set, as long as you're up front with them in the beginning, there's nothing wrong with holding them accountable to it. You're not, yeah. you know, not if you don't set it in the beginning, then you're an asshole because you're bringing it out out of left field. But Another rookie mistake I made. You know, or. Trying to give a ton of freedom and yep. expected excellence. And, and you Doesn't know, work. Didn't work. Did not work. That doesn't work. And if you don't hold yourself to this, if they don't see you willing to do the same stuff that you're asking of them, that's also going to be a problem. Well, that's actually been tougher, though, as I scale. Now, this is specific to me, but maybe people can really. As I've scaled the business, that's been a little tougher because now I've got a bigger business and more employees. And there are people now being asked to do things that they've never seen me do, even though I've done them before. Mm -hmm. I did them years ago. They are being asked to do things that they have not seen me personally do. Mm-hmm. And I'm aware of what you're saying, where yeah. I'm going like, oh, I've just asked this person to do something. They don't realize I've done that 50 mm-hmm. times. Yeah. So that can be but tricky. they've never seen me do it. Yeah. So do they think I'm just, you know, the lazy boss who doesn't do that? I don't know. I'll ask him. I don't know. I still think I've cleaned our bathroom more than anyone else. Oh. Right? Yeah, what is it about the higher the people that are like you? I swear, yeah, I clean the bathroom. I think it's a, the, an impression that um, that your customers will have. They'll come in, they see the bathroom, and I think the bath the tidiness of the bathroom causes employees to judge you judge yeah. your business. I think you can tell a lot from how that you keep a bathroom. And I have like nine men working for me, <laughs> so our bathroom becomes a disaster really quickly. I I can only guess. Yeah. What else is on the list? Oh, let me see. Okay, um, we talked about a little bit work. What it's like working for friends. Yeah. yeah. Boundaries and all that, and uh, I didn't specifically say like working out, but you know, coming back from an injury. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. What was your injury? Uh, so I've not had any imaging done per my, my doctor's recommendation. They didn't see it necessary, but the, the theory is, is that I had a bulging disc in my neck, which five years ago had the same or something similar. Uh, this time it hit me a lot harder, but I recovered a lot quicker. I think the fact that I work for a chiropractor certainly didn't hurt. So I had, uh, you know, they had a vested interest in me getting better as quickly as possible. And again, they're also friends of mine. Um, but it, um, yeah, it was rough and it's changed. Like I said, it's changed the way that I work out. It's had to change a little bit the way I eat since I can't work out. Um, and it definitely got frustrating, but when it was like real bad, I mean, I wasn't sleeping for days in a row and, you know, constant pain and there was no break from it. So it was really hard. Um, you know, it's, and honestly, chances are it could happen again. Very, you know, once it happens, your your body's like, oh, this happened. I'm going to go back to doing this mm-hmm. this thing. So, you know, I'm working with a, uh, I have a physical therapist and strength coach that wrote programming for me. And I'm very motivated both for what I paid for it and also to feel better and get back to CrossFit. You know, nothing like starting to work for a CrossFit gym and immediately not being able to work out there anymore. So I feel really disconnected from all the new members that we have. And, you know, CrossFit is such a social uh, activity. You know, most people like, yeah, we're workout junkies and we like to go in there and get a good workout in. But there are people that are not. And and I think the one thing we all have in common is the social aspect 
of it is uh, what keeps us motivated to come back. So, you know, I'm now working out by myself, although sometimes I go when there is a class and I'll just be like off in the corner. So I feel like I'm CrossFit still part of it. Seems, it seems cool because it's always different, right? Uh-huh. And the workouts are not necessarily uniform in how ta- how long, right? There yeah. could be 90 minute day. And then don't you guys also. Oh, God, it's never 90 minutes. We would all walk out. Right. No. Aren't there days when it's like literally 30 minutes or something? So some of the workouts are very short. Um, you might go in and. The first part of it is a strength part of it. So I believe the workout today, they went in and worked on their uh, overhead squats. So they hold the barbell overhead and do squats with them. And then the second part of it was a 22-minute workout. Uh, There are some workouts that are six minutes, 10 minutes. They're very short. Those tend to be the most brutal. That's why they're only that long. And then you've had ones that are up to 45 minutes. uh, But that's, you know, usually on the longer end. So, yeah, it's different. It's varied. So it's never boring. Um, for what I'm trying to do and strengthen my neck and I also have issues with my hip, you know, I need something a little bit more intentional and program specific to me. Um, but I will, I will be back someday, (laughs) uh, to CrossFit and it'll, I'm quite honestly very anxious about what it'll be like to go back and not be able to lift as much and do as much knowing my personality. It'll be very, very hard. (laughs) It'll be very, I'm a little bit competitive. Um, so not necessarily with other people as much as just myself and what I used to be able to do. For everything you do. Yeah. I, I can relate to that as well. If I can't go 100%, I don't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm very fortunate that I I work there. I've been a member there for a couple of years. Everyone has my best interest at heart. No one will let me go in and go too hard. And, uh, you know, I'll still go work out when there's other people there and everyone, you know, just the other day, one of the coaches that I haven't seen in a while asked how my workouts were going and, you know, everyone has a vested interest, which is really nice versus when I used to go to the rack, um, or LA fitness and, you know, I just go in and do my work and leave and no one gives a shit about anything. In last week's podcast, talking to Matt about Nova fitness, you, so it is a little more expensive, but it's full service. Yeah. It's not nickel and diming. Yeah. You, you basically, there's somebody you can ask, for specific guidance at all times. If you go to LA Fitness, they'll be like, we have a personal trainer program that you can sign up for. It's only $45 per session. Mm-hmm. You spend what you spend for a month at Nova, you would spend that. Training. Yeah. I'll get all the shit that you get out of Nova, you'd probably spend more at LA Fitness. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I used to work at the Rack and I sold memberships and personal training and it definitely added up. And yeah, so they cover everything, some nutrition, mm-hmm. you know, you get a... Uh, mobility stuff to work on so i mean i think it's honestly i think it's a great selling when are you coming (laughs) to nova that's why i'm here for this podcast this is a recruitment opportunity opportunity. i am still the number one recruiter for that gym and i can tend to keep that i don't think it's out of the question to be honest i really don't think it's. i'd work out with you i mean we need to we need to create a program that eases me in i mean you can see that i'm not ready on day one to go. I do kind of wish you had been there when there was a class going on because you would be surprised by the the varied membership oh I'm sure yeah because you know walking into a gym when you're out of shape because I've been in and out of shape my whole life walking into a gym when you're out of shape is very intimidating and Mm -hmm. embarrassing yeah frankly I get it being next to you at a workout next week would be I shouldn't say you anybody who's in shape right would be humiliating because you're, I'm gonna be able to do a, qu- a quarter a tenth of what you're able to do and it's just gonna be like I'm just gonna I feel like shit about myself so, so my, my motivation to come back the next day my first CrossFit workout I remember exactly who was coaching who was there 
And uh, the workout had a move called box circles, which if you saw them, you'd be like, there's no fucking way I'm ever doing that. It's a very high skilled movement. And I walk in on day one, it's 10 box circles. I did the first one and I stood up and I looked at the coach who I'd never met before. And I went, are you fucking serious? (laughs) And he goes, you just do three. Right. So I just did three. And, uh, you know, that's just a very oversimplified version. I mean... There was a time I'm I, willing to make a deal with the coach where I'll look at it and I'll go, okay, I'm going to do three. I want to do four next week. Yeah. If you don't ask me to do four, I will do the three. And next week, don't ask me to do five, but I promise you four. Yeah. That's I've, the deal. I'm there's definitely a balance of being pushed with also saying, well, I'm not going to let you hurt yourself. That's difficult because, right, yeah. you're right, because you, you, there is – Sometimes bad stigma with gyms where it's where, you know, somebody's going to push you beyond what you're actually able to do. Mm-hmm. But it does. I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know Matt that well. I know you a little better, but it seems like you guys would be conscious of uh, of that a little bit more about like we need to find something that's going to push this guy, but also not kill him. Yeah. And there's I think Nova is now at 12 coaches between the two locations. So, you know, every coach is. Notices something different, gives a little bit of insight. Yeah. Have I sold you yet? I don't. I don't and now concludes the commercial for Nova so again, Fitness. Uh, no. I guess, and we, we got to wrap this up. I'm out of time. All right. Uh, but uh, I guess it's the same thing anybody else would, would say. We don't have time. It's the same excuse everybody has. Mm-hmm. But it's true. No like, one has no. time. Nobody has time. But it's funny we say we don't have time, but we do. We all do. Like, there's some woman I heard speaking once, and she gave a great analogy. She's like, you know, I've got kids. I run a house. I've got a husband. I've got a, a business. I've got a side hustle. You know, I'm busy. I don't have time. And then on Monday morning, my washer and dryer broke. And it was on me to get my washer and dryer fixed. And by the following Sunday, I had a new washer and dryer. I found the time. Mm-hmm. You can always find the time. We always say we can't, but we can. I think it would be an interesting thing. To put it on my calendar, just say every day, 3.30. That mm-hmm. forces me out of work by 2.30, mm-hmm. you know, and forces me there. And it also gets me home by 5 o'clock every day, too, right? Yeah. Would be a really healthy thing to do. I That's the only way I get it done is to, like, have an appointment in my calendar, yeah. for sure. For anything. Oh, my gosh. Everything's in my calendar. I live and die by it. So All right. it's just a commitment to yourself. Okay. All I right. mean, we're just going to throw that out there. Let me see. This might be the longest podcast I've done yet. Let me see how. Oh, my God. We knew this. I said it was going to be three and a half. So, you know. Well, I would keep going, but I got to go. That's all right. No worries. All right. What did we miss? Anything? No. We got it all. We got it. High five. Good job. I miss seeing you at work. High five. Real high five? Real high five. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Yep.